0: I'm excited to bring you another catch-up today. I hope you enjoyed the two-part series with Sam and I. And today there's a big, chunky conversation with my amazing friend, Lisa Carpenter. She lives in Canada. We met a few years ago and she's an extraordinary human who I value and treasure so much in my life. And the work she does with women is just extraordinary. And I just wanted to come in before I share our conversation and say that by the end, we're actually talking about a very controversial topic. I'm sure even just saying that, uh, you know exactly the topic that I'm talking about. And Lisa and I both sat with ourselves and thought, oh, do we share this? Do we not share this? Because you know what? there is so much divisiveness. There is so, there's so much anger um, in the world. There's a lot of fear in the world. And the reason why we've left this conversation in to this podcast episode, in which like there's so much juice, like you just hear so much about it, but this has been really, really tough for Lisa. She's been navigating a lot internally and And in the world, you know, and we both have different, we've both made different decisions at this point in time and I just thought it was important to hear how friends can talk to each other about this issue, that women who people might look to for inspiration or leadership or community are real people navigating all of this too, like right alongside you. And what I love about Lisa is that she leaves room for things to change, for herself to change, for new information to become available, for just change of mind, And I mean, even in this past few days, there's been some new information that's become available to her that is, you know, so she's just sitting with that and seeing how it feels. It's just such a waste of time when we look through the world, we'll look at the world through a a black and white, right or wrong lens. And so that's why. That's why we've left this conversation in. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I hope that you have an open mind and an open heart. Enjoy. Oh, it's time to check in, to check in with another friend. And I'm looking at her face and it makes me happy, makes me happy to see her face. And we've just spent 19 minutes just in full rant mode before, before pressing go. Sometimes we just need to let it all out.
1: Um, can I, can I just say though, that I appreciate the fact that we can rant with each other. We can have different perspectives and we can still love each other because you see that in the world right now, like people, they literally are fighting for their beliefs and you can believe whatever you want to believe, but we don't have to hate each other. We can have different perspectives and have like coherent conversations with both sides, having very valid, um, points. I love that about my friends.
0: Oh, same here. I actually don't think I could do straight up black and white people. Like I struggle with that. Or, or like, no, actually I, I like people who who have strong views, but they've all but a lot of the times the people who I hang out with are really interested in other people's strong views. Like it's yeah, life is nuanced. So can I just say your name, Lisa Carpenter, Mm -hmm. um, is on the
1: podcast. (laughs) You're like, can I say something? (laughs) I need to just jump right in. Welcome to what it looks like to be in a conversation (laughs) with me and Lisa.
0: (laughs) So, and and we did say before this, we're not too sure where this is going to go. There's there's basically a few questions, um, but we never really know. And. There's going to be a lot of people who are very familiar with you. Anyone who's done Ready for Change or or Live the Change uh, has met Lisa. In fact, we've got your session coming up soon, Inside Ready for Change. Um, But I met Lisa just, I mean. 2018, 2019? 2018. Before 2018.
1: 2018.
0: Yeah. And she came into my life. We were both doing Jim Fortin's TCP program. And she was like a little angel that appeared in my life. and was like, "Read this book about codependence." <laughs> anyway, we realized we had a lot of um similar themes and I've kind of spoken around that before because I'd never really fully come out and acknowledged Nick as an alcoholic before. but obviously that was a really big part of your role in my life was helping me create loving boundaries, helping me see my shit, really, my own, like own, start to work on myself, not just focus on his stuff. Um, and I needed that. And I'm grateful. And I see you doing that all the time with women who you work with um, very effectively. I mean, the fact that my community now all know a tired mind is an asshole. <laughs> Similar, similar little truth bombs that you drop, um, It's life-changing, Lisa. Anyway, so can I just ask how you are? Because you're over there in Canada, Mm -hmm. Vancouver. You've had a pretty big year. Like there's been some cool stuff you've done
1: this year, but like how are you? (laughs) <laughs> such a big question. I was thinking about this the other day. Cause of course, you know, I had my, I had my birthday and I was thinking about, I always like to reflect on my birthday on the, the entire, like the birthday year yes. I run in birthday years, not this sure. like, you know, new year's crap. Um, and this has been a year of like epic accomplishments, like big, huge milestones and so much hardship, like mm. It has been like the best year and it has also been one of the most challenging years. There have been times where I have been more than okay. And there have been times where I'm like, I'm just going to stand under the weighted blanket and tell me when it's (laughs) over. Uh, I've had to navigate um, really hard decisions. I've had to navigate really hard conversations. I've had to be like personally in my work more than I ever have been in my life, like really taking all the tools out of the toolbox and sometimes like putting the tools back in the toolbox and kicking the toolbox and saying, F you toolbox, like I'm just going to stand over here and stomp my feet, but also recognizing from a coaching standpoint, it's very rare that we are in the work with our clients experiencing the same thing as our clients. And that's what this year has also been for me is navigating life as we know it now, while my clients are also navigating life as we know it. Um, So I am feeling much better now, but I, you know, I would be lying if I said that I was totally okay through all of this, because there have been many times where I really haven't been. And I've had to be really honest with myself about where I'm holding my attention, um, being back into a place of suffering because that was way more familiar to me than, you know, shifting my, you know, being, being optimistic. And this is why, you know, you'd reached out because I'd made this post around toxic positivity. Like I love being an optimist. I always trust that things will work out. I always trust that I'm getting the lessons that I need. Right, like this has been my life. Every time I look back on the things that I didn't like in my life, those were always the transformational moments. I didn't have to like them when I was in them, and this has been um, one of those moments for me. Uh, but yeah, it, it has been a it has been a challenging year to admit that I've been uh, back in my suffering and to really come to a place of finding peace and acceptance of something I didn't want to accept. Mm. right? So I'd, I'd waffle into resignation. So this toxic positivity is there are so many humans out there, right? Because we do what we need to do to get through things. So staying positive and staying in gratitude, these are all great things, but if you're stepping over, the, the grief, the trauma, the frustration, the anger, like all the, the range of emotion to just be like, love and light, it's all going to be fine. <laughs> it's great. But I mean, it's all of it can coexist at the same time. And the the level of toxic positivity for, for people who are struggling, it actually makes them struggle more because then they think, well, what's wrong with me? Because right. I'm not positive about this, right? And I even had to watch my own judgment because like the voice of like, you should know better, Lisa, you've got the tools, like use the tools. And like I said, some days I was really good at using the tools. And other days I was like, couldn't stop crying because that was the depth of the grief and letting go that I was experiencing. That was the level of frustration. And this has been part of my uh growth and evolution this year is how unattached can I come to this stuff? And you know, before we went live, I was still expressed like there's still frustration there. Mm. There's still moments, and I'm now more at peace and more in acceptance than I ever have been. It still doesn't mean I like it. But I found a way to find acceptance. I had to because the alternative was me continuing to not be okay. And that wasn't okay.
0: Right. Isn't that just something that we come back to, I come back to time and time and time again is just the freedom that we have when we accept what is, you know, I, I can even, I, I just saw that coming through recently with, my youngest who is just going through this phase where she needs me to watch her go to sleep. And I get angry. Like I was getting angry and like, what's going on here? I was trying to find what's what's wrong. (laughs) Like she's a seven-year-old girl living through a a pandemic. Like life's, you know, she lost her dad when she was just turned five. Like things are different for her. And my frustration about that was actually the thing causing me suffering, accepting. Once I just moved to, oh, this is just what we're doing right now. This is just what night times look like for a while. Then all of the frustration, all of the angst, all of the trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed disappeared. Yes. And there's just so many examples of that in our, in our lives. And I think, you know, all of the, the lockdowns here in Melbourne, I would, I would just have a big tantrum because we've been in and out, in and out, in and out. And then I'd just be like, well, okay, I'm having a tantrum,
1: but I can't change it. So like that, that moment of having the tantrum, that moment of feeling frustrated I think that that's what I want to normalize is that is okay too. Yes. Right. Like we can move out of it, but we have to have that is part of it. Like we are here as humans, we are all having a human experience. And I'm, like I said, I'm all for being able to step into gratitude and being able to step into, um, acceptance, and the the deeper lessons for us often come when we are in the frustration when we are in the suffering when we are you know learning those big totally. lessons i mean i've had to redefine so many things i've had to look at so many stories this year and ask myself like is this true and that's a really hard thing because as humans we don't like you know this from your programs i know this from my clients we don't like to question our stories because that's very uncomfortable when you start realizing like oh shit, this might not be true. Right. Mm -hmm. I started to question everything this year without Mm -hmm. trying to go into overthinking, but just being really curious. Um, there's so many things that I've had to let go of. There's so many ways of being that I've had to redefine, right? Like what I believed freedom was versus Mm -hmm. what I believe it to be now is entirely different. Um, taking responsibility for my life taking responsibility for my health taking responsibility for my future creating my vision like all of these things have shifted for me um and that wasn't that was not comfortable to navigate all that stuff so I sit back and think, okay, well, if somebody like me who does this work day in and day out, I'm so committed to my own personal development, have all these tools. And if I've had days of not being okay, how the hell is everybody else doing it? You know how they're doing it? They're putting their heads down. They're numbing themselves out. And I think what we're going to see on the other side of this, whenever that is, whatever that other side looks like, we're going to see a lot of people that are experience tr- a tremendous amount of fatigue and emotional fallout from the things that they were not willing to be with during the pandemic, right? The pushing it down, the stuffing it down, the, you know, finding the light and love in the day, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to address the emotions that were very present in your body at a certain time. So
0: it is so emotional. It's so, no, it's all emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically draining. Oh, yes. To hold on, like to hold okay. ourselves up when we're like, you need, having experienced big grief, so much more rest and nourishment than you normally do. And I don't think that. Many people realize, I think now now that the kids have been back at school, all three of them, this is the third day, (laughs) how I don't think I even really had a sense of what I was holding and carrying, even (laughs) although I was you know, allowing myself to rest. I was, um, I can be with my feelings. I cry, you know, I can have releases. I can do all that sort of stuff. I can also move my attention and ask myself things like, you know, we called it the lockdown of fun in the beginning. And that was still, we were still asking ourselves what we could do each day that was fun. But it wasn't as in like, to whip me over and like, I have to be making this fun for the children. But just because it was a fucking nice question to ask ourselves when every day felt the same. And we were like, um, 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 anything. Okay. Yeah. Christmas carols. Yeah. Let's do the Christmas carols today. Like, oh, whatever. But, but it was, car- we were carrying a lot. We've been carrying so much more than, than usual. And, and on all levels, I feel like, um, You know, like mentally I'm tired. Emotionally I'm wrung out. Uh, Physically I am, I I mean, I went and got a blood test because I'm checking on my iron levels and just doing a few different bits and pieces because I know physically I need support after an extended period of stress. Um, And then spiritually I feel quite disconnected from the bigger picture when life became so insular and so you know, just. Yeah. What matters, right? What, I, I what can't. Really matters? <laughs> yes. Like my, right. my usual sense of possibility, optimism, all that sort of stuff, I'm having to work at it oh, instead of yeah. take it for granted. So, I mean, I'd love to know from you when you talk about the toolbox. And some people are like tools, tools. Give me the tools. What tools? What are we talking <laughs> about here? Um, but like, what are the ones that 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 worked well for you, or that were helpful, and and have
1: actually really come into play in a bigger way? Uh, one of my biggest tools, and this is, I mean, this has been huge for me. Um, especially because, you know, coming off the pandemic, the stress of that, of course, I did my show this year, which was a big thing. And that took a huge amount of commitment. Do you want
0: to just tell people what you achieved?
1: (laughs) It was so fun. Um, I spent what, almost a year and a half, two years preparing to go back on stage for fitness. So I went to the world show for WBFF in in Vegas. I won. I took first place in 40 plus. So I took second place in 35 plus. I won my pro card. It was, it was like truly epic and it was so not the experience that I thought it was going to be. And it was, it was so much more. It was really, a, it, I was there by myself. Right. And it, that was not, there were so many lessons in that, but the reason that I'm sharing that is right now I'm in this really big period of pause where my only focus is rest because when I look back on, you know, my show and I really created all the space to do that with as much, you know, the hard thing, doing it with as much ease as possible, the the profound growth that I've had in my business over the past couple of years and, and what that took, you know, the stuff with kids, right? Like, you know, we took Jake out of public school and that. So hard He hated me for so long. Like it just is hard when your kids are having a hard time and pandemic life and lockdowns and too many people in my house. So right now, you know, one of my key tools really is, is rest and doing nothing. So I'm in this real period of being committed to being uncommitted, which is, you know, as a very driven, ambitious person, it's like really like pumping the brakes hard and giving myself a lot of time and space Um, because I've been dealing with, you know, hormonal stuff, foggy brain, not feeling like myself, how much of it is fatigue. How much is it? My body's nervous system. That's just like, we're done. (laughs) Like we're, we're out, um, tools, like always asking myself, you know, what do I need to give myself in this moment to feel better? And that can be as simple as, you know, getting in the car with the top down, turning on music or, you know, disappearing into hours of, um, baking shows because I'm obsessed with, I don't know if you know this, but I'm obsessed you? with all reality shows where people are creating something. Like it just, it brings me so much joy if we're like creating cakes, if we're painting, body paint, tattoo artists, metal workers, like Oh my gosh, have you reality,
0: seen Forged in Fire? Yes i like, Laurie is obsessed with that show, but I don't
1: understand <laughs> any show where people are like creating. So it's really, and I came to realize like, this is, this is the art that I like to watch. I like people doing art this way. So those things have been um, really profound for me, moving my attention, like really watching, like, where are you holding your attention, Lisa? Mm. Right. Recognizing, oh, look, you're you're really attached to your suffering again. How can we shift that? Right. Because that was a habitual way um, for me to go into thinking, Um, reaching out and talking to people, like making sure I was staying connected as much as I had the energy to stay connected, Mm -hmm. but being, you know, being honest about where I was at um, because even creatively, I really found that Like podcast editor was like, are you going to record something? I'm like, I don't really have anything to say. I feel like I'm like, I feel like I just, I don't really have anything nice to say right now. Um, And the other, you know, one of the main tools for me is really focusing on my health and my wellness. And now more than ever, it's important. So my emotional well being really relies heavily on that time that I give myself every single day as a non-negotiable where I move my body and it can look different depending on how I feel and what I'm working on. Um, But that is the thing in my life that I just feel like really grounds me. And that's not true for everybody, but you have to find the things that are going to support you. So between my, you know, my workouts, taking care of my health, which I mean, I've been working with a practitioner on some stuff as well that I've been putting off and do that, you know, taking responsibility for that. Really looking at where I'm holding my attention, spending a lot of time in my journal, all of it, right? Feeling my feelings, and let me tell you, I got sick of feeling my feelings. I'm like, oh. feeling my, I don't want to feel my feelings anymore. Like, I'm done, oh, so, so done, done. So right? Done. Like, so allowing myself even some time where it was just like, I'm gonna numb out, and I'm okay with that because I'm not okay right now, and I'm tired of feeling my feelings. But being making that conscious decision, and this is. Why, you know, you can have all these tools and it's still going to be messy and you're still going to have very, very human moments, right? There would be times I'd get off coaching calls with clients and I would just start to cry. I don't carry the burdens of my clients and just having so much compassion and empathy for where everybody was because Mm -hmm. I was feeling it too, right? Like I was feeling it too. Yeah. I I saw
0: there was an article written by um, an Australian psychologist who was just like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't learn how to manage myself and manage clients going through a collective trauma while I am too. Like what the hell? There was nothing in the, you know, psychology 101 guidebook for dealing with this like yeah. we're not okay either and that's right yeah, i think about even just listening to the teachers um on their little 15 minute calls in the morning with the kids monday morning hey guys you know we're gonna have a great week how was your weekend blah blah blah, blah, blah. go and find something in the house that starts with a b and and then by fridays they're like hey Okay, so who's here? Can you stop changing your name <laughs> on the Zoom? I said no backgrounds. So like you could literally <laughs> witness the emotional highs and lows of the teachers just through the sound of their voice. Like they were having to carry kids through and they were not okay themselves. Like oh. it's, it, there's been so much expected right. of us. And I feel like. I don't know I was just thinking about this this morning on my way to I dropped the kids walked the kids to school and then I came home I went to the the cafe that I've been going to in in lockdown um, and I was walking back the same walk that you know because during lockdown I'd pop out in the mornings before the kids started school because I just needed to get out of the house have a little walk fresh air music in my ears it just it set me up well And I was walking back, I'm like, oh, nothing's changed and everything's changed. And I remember that feeling when Nick died. I remember driving around the streets like, why is everyone just pretending that everything's normal? Like nothing is normal right now. Everything has been switched on its head. I am fundamentally different now. Like the world has changed. I don't know how everyone else is just, Just going about their business. And I feel like that right now, here over these last few days, it's like so. I feel like I've come or that feeling of when you've come back from holidays and you've been so looking forward to getting home, and home feels a bit new and exciting. But this time we never left home. I don't know. It's just fucking.
1: Crazy. This is is really interesting because I've had this kind of conversation on Instagram and it can be quite triggering for people because people just want to go back, like they just want to get back to normal. That normal no longer exists, nor will it ever exist again. Like it, it doesn't, we're not going back. We're not going back to anything. It's how are we going to move forward mm-hmm. and how are we going to process what has happened so that we can move forward with a new outlook, with a new perspective, with a new um kind of game plan about what we want our lives to look like moving forward. So as much as people want to cling to the going back, it does it that's like saying, I want to go back to when I was 20. I can't. You can't. I can't. You but can't. We, we cling to that as humans, right? So where are you
0: at with that in terms of moving forward? What are you taking with you? What are your clients saying? Like how do you, where are things at in terms of, Um. I mean, have we even, there's no distance really <laughs> yet for me in terms of what, what has happened to kind of create that space. But so... I'd love to hear from your perspective about how you're feeling about moving forward, what that means to you.
1: So for some of the choices that I've made in my life moving forward um, is it going to be different than how other people are moving forward. And I've come to a place of acceptance around that. And I will reevaluate, <laughs> I will reevaluate that decision. But that's how I got to acceptance is I said, I'm going to make no decision for 12 months. And I don't care if you agree or disagree with me. That's my decision for right now. Um, So after 12 months, I will take a step back. I will look at where the world is at again and reevaluate. And in the meantime, I'm going to continue to create an extraordinary life based on freedom being something that is inside me, not outside of my control. I'm going to continue to take responsibility for the things that I can take responsibility for right. That keep me safe and well, and happy. I'm going to continue to navigate. Um, you know, like I was talking about my kids starting to travel and what that is, you know, what that feels like, because it's not like you just go hop on a plane. Now, like travel is not all that fun and sexy these days. Like even going to Vegas was just like, all right, we're doing this. Um, and then really thinking about what You know, what do I, what do I really want for my future? What is really important to me? Mm. Uh, Because I think now more than ever, making value driven decisions is really important for me, like really checking in with what are my values and what do I want Uh, in terms of clients, you know, for my clients who are in Australia, there's been a little bit of shock and almost a little bit of gaslighting, like, oh, you're free. Just ignore what happened for however many months and go live your life, Yes, which is a little unsettling, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, you have that thing taken away from you. And now it's like, oh, we're going to pretend like it didn't happen. Just go, go live your life. So I've had clients that are really wrestling with like, well, where is my level of comfort? And even though most people have been set free, so to speak, that doesn't mean that the fear has dissipated for a lot of people. So we're walking around now energetically in this like cosmic energetic soup of what other people are feeling. And you never really know where somebody's you never know where somebody's at. Um I'm personally seeing a lot of poor behavior in other humans because again so many like squashed down emotions. So now it's coming out in bad behavior. People are short with each other. Um yeah that that's been interesting. Um, but it's really, it's a very unique experience for every single person. I mean, I've had clients come to me and say like, you know, the pandemic really gave me a chance to slow down and not be so social. I don't, I don't want to go back to that. now people are inviting me out and they want to hang out. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to be my lifestyle anymore. So now there isn't that pandemic boundary. They Mm -hmm. actually have to step into their own power And set their own boundaries around what they do and what they don't want. Otherwise they're going to get sucked back into the vortex of just going back into the rat race, except now it feels worse because they know what it means now to slow down, even though it was a forced, you know, confinement slow down. So even things like that for me, like what is really important to me where do I want to be spending my time? How do I want to be spending my money? What do I want to put my focus on? How do I really want to make an impact um, in the world? And really releasing all the crap that I'm just like, I'm so over all of this.
0: Oh, making the this releasing. Like- look at this, Lisa. Look at this list. No one else can see this because it's a podcast. But I did this the other day a big huge list of everything I'm releasing. It's like a, it's like it's a full page but, but it was it's things like you know releasing attachment to where I live, releasing showing up on social media, releasing sending my kids to school, everything in my life. Who am I without all of that stuff? What do I want? If there was no attachment to literally anything. And this whole process was intoxicating. It was so thrilling because we stay attached to being these things. Yes. And and we have so much choice. And so for me, that was it's like, oh yeah, but remembering the tools of bringing us back not to even um, like in order to move forward what do I need to release first that's what I sort of have discovered is like I'm so ready for things to change like I'd find myself sending friends like houses and in you know long places I definitely have had you know big escapist fantasies and all of that sort of stuff but I'm like Yeah, but that will all remain fantastical and imaginary if I don't start to acknowledge what needs to be released in order to get there. And I just think what better time than now to really have those hard conversations with yourself and the journaling and the burning shit up like let's Do it like I am. I'm I'm with you with the the boredom of of some of the the standard stuff that I keep seeing around. Like I do think that there's there's a new level of somethingness being created here. But no one has a guidebook. I I feel like if ever there has been a moment where I've realized that it's it's going to have to come through me. which I know there's a difference between understanding and true knowing, it's kind of now. It's now that all of this stuff is coming into play and I think there's a lot of people feeling this. Like now I I can't deny that part of myself that actually doesn't like feeling hungover or, you know, stuff like that. You know, I've got friends who are like, oh, my God, I went out Saturday night. Like to party, end of lockdown, and um, It's Tuesday, I'm still recovering. What's this all about? And it's like, and then we talk about you know horrible that um, word. Like you could call it social fit, or over here it's just a disgusting word to describe alcohol. But being piss fit, I don't know if like that. It's disgrace. No. But people have been throwing that around. Like we need to build back up our resilience. Oh my god chicken over consuming alcohol. I'm like, but do we, but like right now you could just have one glass of wine and that can feel really nice. And then do you, do we have to go back into that land of excess and pushing our bodies, which only leads to
1: not great things? Right. So, you know, my stance on this, right? Like never ever has there been a time in history where, every single person should be taking personal responsibility for their wellness. Because if you spend your life trying out to outrun illness, that is not a life well lived. So, you know, everybody gets to make their own choices, but it is a great time to really look at what, what are you attached to? What beliefs do you hold about what is fun? Um, I've even looked at, you know, where am I making things like so important. And they're really not Not that important. Right. Like when I look at my business now, I'm just kind of like, cause you know, for many years I was trying so hard, right. And everything was so hard and I was trying to get it right. And now I'm just like, I think I'll do this thing. And I'm not really going to look at how I should do it. I'm just going to do it this way because it doesn't matter at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Who do I get to impact? How do I want to live my life? How do I want to show up in the world? Screw the rules. Like, because we've had so many rules shoved down our throats. I am here to be an independent thinker. Sometimes that might be good for me. Sometimes not so good for me, but I'll get the lessons that, that I need to learn and attachment. Is probably one of my biggest life lessons on this on this in this lifetime. I mean as for all humans, I would say. Right. Like, but mm -hmm. I mean Macy and I lied in bed one night and I'm like, would we be willing to like release everything we own and like legit move somewhere else? I don't know where that would be, but you know, we started exploring things and never in a million years did I ever think I would consider leaving my country of origin, right? Mm -hmm. I live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, You know, so we've decided again, no decisions for 12 months, but to, to even consider that, like what really aligns with my values here. So there's, you know, I don't like what's going on in a lot of places. So it's not about running. It's really about sitting back and saying what truly aligns with our values. And are we willing to detach from everything That isn't in alignment with that, and make decisions that are really going to support how we want to feel in our lives and the type of life we want to live. I don't want to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. right? Detaching from how um, I might be interpreted by other people. I mean, I'm so grateful for the work that I've done because, you know, not everybody agrees with my perspective, and that's fair. And I've been able to hold space for the both and conversation and not take it personally. If somebody is in disagreement with me or if somebody wants to say something mean to me, um, family stuff to navigate this year has been incredibly challenging, mm. incredibly challenging, um, and respecting where people are at and also standing, um, standing in, in what feels right for me. Like that's, it's hard. Do you know how hard it is to stand in what's right for you when it doesn't necessarily align with, um, the majority, so to speak, like that that's hard. That is hard and I've done it and it hasn't always been okay. And I'm okay and I'll be okay, but it's, um, yeah. Detaching. And and what, what am I willing to hold on to? Because it, it is, it feels so important to me. Do you, my think- kids don't even always agree with me. So there's been like epic conversations within my household because oh, I have Lisa. adult, adult children who get to choose. Whoa. But wow. As well. Like, here's the thing
0: though. Here's the thing, you know, that it's all it's it's all happening and there is a ripple effect when people stand in their truth right and, and and you know for some people that's going to be magnetizing and for others it will be repellent right and i feel like more than the the harshness or the divisiveness, I I feel like it's that. I feel like it's more about um, what we're being like drawn to and repelled by. It's like Mm -hmm. there's these, yeah, poles, which is life and laws of the universe and all that sort of stuff. But I'm wondering for you, as someone who shows up you know, pretty honestly and with authority in, in a lot of ways um, as light even when you feel shitty, how do you manage that? Do you show up when you're all messy and gross or do you take those moments for yourself yourself you know what does it mean to be because i know when i and when i talk about light i don't mean like love and light like have a green smoothie kind of vibe <laughs> i'm talking more like you're someone who people kind of look to as a bit of as uh, a compass
1: point you know so this has been something that i've been rumbling with as well because giving myself and especially nowadays, you know, because we don't really know how rules are changing and stuff. It's become acutely aware that I get to stand in my truth, but that not might not always be safe for me to share it, mm. which is a really weird feeling, right? Um, I've kind of, I share a lot of my life and I've also been put in a position now where there's a lot of things I can't share and I won't share,
0: mm.
1: which is also um, been interesting to navigate and, you know, what am I making it mean? And, you know, all this kind of stuff, um, allowing myself to also have my privacy and my private life kind of claim that back in a world where we've, you know, as, as, um, I don't I don't know if I would call myself an influencer, but, you know, I want to show up and have impact. I want to be able to inspire and, and help transform people's lives but also allowing myself the the privacy that I need when I'm going through stuff. Mm -hmm. So that balance of sharing when I'm in it versus sharing when I'm through it, because sometimes when I'm not okay, that is not the best time to go share with the general public, but that doesn't mean that I'm not talking about it with people who are close with me, who have earned the right to be there when I'm in that space. Um, There have been many times where I've recorded podcasts that I've, you know, had to fight back tears many times. Um, There's been many podcasts that I've recorded that I haven't been able to push the publish button on, right? Because what it really came down to is I needed to talk about... How I was feeling, but I wasn't ready to share it yet. And I don't think that that's wrong either. Mm -hmm. So, anybody who's listening who thinks that they have to always be sharing all the stuff, otherwise, you're not authentic and real. (laughs) I think part of what's going on in the world is us actually regaining our privacy and that connection with ourselves and understanding that you don't have to share it with everybody all the time. And I will always share with people, um, you know, like even having this conversation. I've recorded podcasts about this, but, you know, having this conversation with you in a different way and letting people see behind the scenes, because, you know, I think that a lot of people view me as having it all together, being super committed and all in. And I am all those things. And I'm also not all those things. I got a whole range of everything. And This is this is, you know, what makes social media problematic is it gives people it's almost like a a measuring stick that they pick up and they use against them as a weapon. You know? And we we are all just very human. I am I am very, very human. I have experienced moments of shame over not having my shit together. I have experienced a lot of deep grief over things that are going on in the world. So much frustration, like wondering, I've actually wondered some days, am I going crazy? (laughs) Like, am I the crazy one? Um, I've always been a questioner my entire life, spent my life questioning. And I was always told, just go along, Lisa, don't make waves, don't make ripples, just go along. So I learned to go along, right? to To just go along and get along. And uh, it has been really uncomfortable for me to say, I'm not prepared to go along. I'm going to be that person that's stepping back and questioning and not arguing for the sake of arguing, but wanting to understand more. That's to me is what critical thinking is all about. And that was something that was taken from me when I was younger. And that's one of my gifts, So I don't know if I'm right or wrong. All I know is that I can only make choices for myself and to to really um, navigate the discomfort of, of those, of those choices. Uh, Because like I said, I'm not, I'm not in the, I'm not in with the general population, but I know for every person like me who has the courage to say, I'm not going with the flow of general population, there's just as many people like me who are terrified to say they're not going with the flow and they're living with a lot of shame and they're living with a lot of guilt and they're constantly questioning themselves and wondering where they fit in and where they belong, right? Because as humans, we all seek love, safety, and belonging. And when you're not going with the majority, there are many days where I've questioned my relationships, my sense of belonging, what that's going to be? Am I safe? Am I going to be safe? Right? Like it's, it's so it's, so this is why there's been many days where I've really had to, had to say to myself, like, am I, am I okay? Am I going to be okay? Am I doing the right thing? Like it's been up, down, and sideways, truly. So, you know i'm i'm grateful to have this opportunity to share i'm grateful for people to to hear what goes on behind the scenes because we can't just hold people in this place of being leaders or coaches or therapists or whatever and forget that they are also human mm. and i have to allow myself to be human and not go into the story of people aren't going to think that i am good at what i do or i'm not practicing what i preach because you know integrity is one of my highest values right But this is like, this is also what I talk about is expressing ourselves and allowing ourselves to feel what we're feeling without feeling bad about what those feelings are, without judging them. And yeah, this year it's really been walking my talk at a whole different level that I didn't really ask for. But here we are. (laughs) Here we we are. Right? You literally nowadays don't know if somebody's going to hate you. Because of your perspective, right? Like there are people, this is going to be hard for me to say out loud. There are people who believe that because of the decision I'm making, that I'm responsible for killing people. (laughs) Yet I've spent my entire life committed and dedicated to my health and well-being and helping other people to take responsibility for theirs, right? It's been really hard for me um, to be present to that and not make it mean anything about me. It's been really hard for me to be present to the depth of uh, codependency that I see out in the world, right? Because we are actually not like, so we have to live together. We have to take care of each other, but we're not actually responsible for somebody else's health. So how do we love each other and care for each other, but also not slip into this unhealthy place. It like gets so, there's so many layers to it. It's so complicated. I'm even uncomfortable talking about it. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is so polarizing. How did I go down this path? Right? Like people, we don't even want to talk about this and I'm not the only one. There's so many people like me that are afraid to talk about this because what kind of like can of worms are we going to open here? Because there's not a single person on the planet that hasn't been touched by this, but everybody has their own frame of reality that they're working from. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's saying that this period of time in the world has not been hard for them, they must be living under a rock. It's just not possible. Mm. I totally
0: 100% agree. And I think that, you know, I have people messaging me all the time, asking me, what my stance is on things so I just share photos of getting my hair done in the hairdressers and just assume that, that tells them because I have been in an extended lockdown I made a decision during that time and I felt like that was for me and yeah. I don't feel the need to get in the weeds with other people because right. um, I I just, it's, I, I do, I think it's a very personal decision, but, and there's, I mean, we could talk, we could talk totally about the reasons why I made the decision that I made and what brought me to there. You can talk about, you know, the reasons why you feel the way that you feel and the decision that you've made, you know, which is now essentially putting off a decision for 12 months and, and (laughs) At, it, at the core of it, it doesn't matter. At the core of it, people are frightened. Correct. And every single human is just trying to make the best decision. That's right. And just like you and I know that <laughs> you know, I used to say to people when I was promoting small steps to whole foods like if it was as simple as like hey, let's just eat only food that's made from um <laughs> you know the planet and just get an hour's worth of exercise every day have loving relationships and you'll be healthy just do those things. If it was as simple as hearing the instructions and following the instructions, then we would all be, you know, Like the world would be a different place, but it's humans are complex. Yep, humans are, and we have free will. Free will, and we're all having. We've all had our own experiences, which have created our own interpretations and stories about the world that we live in. Who's who in the zoo, and all of that stuff. And to expect a homogenized response to an issue is silly like it's it's not right. realistic and but like then we get attached to needing people to affirm how it is that we feel or the decision that we made and you know what far out I mean the absolute truth is that I was not I did not find it an easy decision to make I was talking to my therapist I was doing all sorts of things um as a solo parent you know, not wanting to take any unnecessary risks. And so I ended up making a decision based on what felt like the least risky thing and obviously, you know, all the reasons that I told you before about what's happening in our hospital system, all that sort of stuff. But, whoa, not easy. And also not anybody else's business in in my interpretation, even though now here we are talking about it and people will be, like, talking
1: back. And that's fine. Um yeah, I'm just thinking I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh gosh, how did we get here? And how did how much we get the here? Pot have I stirred now? But I but, think, you Lisa... know, we can't we can't talk about we can't talk about like I'm so t- I think that this is part of it for me. And why I haven't been okay is the the talking around things, mm. <laughs> like the t- oh, talking around things. I did it's that for just, years know,
0: with Nick. I did it for years. I did yeah. it. And I remember just getting to the point where I'm like, I can't I can't talk around it anymore. I literally don't want to. Yeah. I don't I don't want to. Do, it's actually harder work now doing that than it was, you know. I mean, I think that it was fair to have a period of making sense of things and coming to terms <laughs> with things. But um at the end of the day, for I think for people like you and me, um, you know, throwing things under the carpet, or throwing them under the rug. You know, mm. just sweeping it all. And yeah. this is not really happening. When, yeah, I guess when I ask you how you are, I know because of our our conversations and because of what you've shared over the last year that this has been a really core issue for you. This has been seeing you navigate things at a whole different level and also what I appreciate from you is allowing new information to reveal itself allowing yourself to have a change of mind um and and just trying to sit with yourself with as much compassion as as you can because I don't see I don't see a woman who is like um
1: you know, you're not black and white. I care very deeply about people. I always have. That's, you know, my whole career has been built around caring about people. And, uh, you know, when I said earlier <clears throat> that I've had to question so many beliefs and so many stories and so many things and asking myself, is this true? Right? There, there's so many layers to the questions that I've been asking myself. And, what sometimes I forget is that most people don't they don't go deeper, they don't ask themselves bigger questions, they don't look at their life through a lens of curiosity. Right. Like, that's, and that's also okay. And that is also okay. It's it's just it, you know, it's complicated. So like I said, you know, now I feel uh very peaceful and grounded in in my choice. I I remain open and curious. I'm always looking for new information. And I really believe because I've, I've been through so many different things in my life that the only thing that is going to provide the information that all of us need to really create whatever our new future is going to be is time. Mm. And we, as much as we want to believe that we're closer to being on the other side of this, I think there's a whole other wave that's really going to hit everybody with, you know, as we get more time and space and, and more data and really figure out like what we need to do as a human race to move, to move forward. You know, I'm so passionate about people's wellness. Um, And it's not just their, their physical wellness. It's their emotional wellness because you know, if you're emotionally unwell, so living with high levels of stress in a lot of fear that actually puts you at risk too. Right. So my work now is needed more than ever. Your work now is needed more than ever because as humans, there's so many things that we can take responsibility for that will keep us healthy and well. Mm -hmm. And we, we have to really start looking at these things in a, in a bigger way. Uh, I think the more that we do that
0: I mean my youngest said the other day mom because we've had some crazy weather here but Day of that lockdown ended we had wind like I mean my dad's lived here since he was 21 and he's like I've never experienced wind like that. And I kept thinking, this is the wind of change. Like this is clearing the energy. Come on, clear the energy. Meanwhile, power's out everywhere. Trees are falling down. Like it was wild. Like what is going on here? Um, but there's some, some, big ass energy <laughs> that needs to be moved around Melbourne, that's for sure. But my daughter said to me the other day, because something else happened, there was a little explosion at school, so I don't know what the hell happened yesterday. And they weren't allowed to use any technology. And she's like, "Mom, why is there such crazy weather? It was also just raining all afternoon, some really heavy rains yesterday. Why are we having such crazy weather? And I was, like, In your lifetime, sweet girl. Things are going to get really, really hairy. And whoa, you know, okay. I would say our environmental wellness is going to start to come into play and it's going to be a thing in terms, like, you think about what resilience our kids have built in terms of all this in and out and just trying to, and being okay and, and getting through hard things. Because, I mean, that's the shit. So when we can work on our stuff, when we can ask ourselves big questions, no matter what they are, when we can navigate things that feel murky, whatever they are, it's also showing out our kids. Yeah. You know? And and I think that that is really, really important in terms of the world they're walking into.
1: I agree. Mother Nature doesn't make mistakes. And as much as we want to believe that... uh Many of us want to not see us as part of nature. We are like a bug on the planet. Mother nature doesn't make mistakes, right? Like she will always find a way to create balance. Mm -hmm. The planet will be here long after we are all gone. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to start to remember that. And uh, you know, what's been happening over the past year is also an indication of that, right? Like we may not like it, but Viruses, germs, bugs—they—they they are all here for a purpose as well. So, yeah, there's just winds of change. I think a, I think the more time and perspective we get, we're going to look back, and we will be grateful for the shifts that this brought, for the the way people rose up. Um, the 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 challenges, the new technology, the new innovations that are going to come out of this. Uh, the things that now will become important that weren't be- important before. I don't know. Oh, Lisa, but where do these will sit in our rocking chair? I don't know. It got very, like, <laughs> we started out laughing and now we're deep. But one day we will be sitting, you know, on on a porch somewhere or a beach or Wherever, and we'll reflect back over all the things that we've navigated in our lifetime. Like, Jesus, I thought 9 was going to be the biggest thing. Like, I <laughs> thought that that was the thing of my lifetime, <gasps> 9 And now I'm like, Jesus. That? Didn't it feel that? Yes. Right. Right. Now I've done 9 I've done a pandemic. I've navigated addiction. What? Like, what? How many other things? Oh, Lisa, there's things. There's other there's, things too. There's, there's, there's always m-
0: more things. There's so many bullshit. So, so, which is why we have a toolbox, which is why we do the that's work that we do. We do because we know we know that there's always going to be things and navigating it with as much compassion for ourselves and curiosity for whatever the lessons are. You know, and sometimes there's sometimes can we just say, like, even just searching for lessons is tiring. Like sometimes it just needs to be bake-offs,
1: you know, for sure. But that's what I said. Sometimes yeah, yeah. it does just need to be Netflix and watching oh. people bake pretty things. Like, yeah, not every day needs to be a lesson. Some no. days we just need to like go out and enjoy our lives and yeah. Just Thanks Lisa human.
0: for this conversation. Thanks for inviting me. Well, (laughs) I
1: I don't know, wait till it goes live and then decide if you want to thank me. I don't
0: know. Anyways, I just think, you know, know, you're right about talking around the issue um, or an an issue. Um,
1: My my wish and hope is that in people listening to this, that they remember, don't be so attached to your beliefs there's room for us to all show up and be more kind and more compassionate towards ourselves, towards other people, regardless of what perspective, because you don't know where they're coming from or why they're making the decisions they're making. And we're not going to be able to move forward. And we're not going to get to that place where everybody is okay. If we're all fighting, we can disagree and we can still show up with a lot of love in our hearts. And that doesn't mean like love and light, (laughs) Like, feel your feelings, right? Like and just know that it's going to be a messy, bumpy ride. And if you have those moments where you're, you're not really feeling like you're okay, make sure you get yourself the support to navigate through it because we're all going to face moments like this. I don't care where you are on the spectrum of your personal development. Some of the strongest people I know have been taken to their knees this year
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh. and they've also been the ones that have risen up, right? Like I'm, I'm really proud of myself for <laughs> feeling like, oh, all right, I did the things. I got myself to the other side of this. I'm proud of myself, but man, it was not easy. Yeah. I had that
0: moment too, the other day, dropping the, all the kids off at school, all three of them for the first time. And I just was like, I fucking did it.
1: I that did like, it. I on did the days that-, that I felt like, how am I going to do this? I often thought of you and thought, well, Jesus, if Lisa <laughs> can do this with three kids under the age of what by herself homeschooling, Jesus, Lisa, like, but you've I, got it. We've all but, got this.
0: <laughs> but I have cried for myself as well, like talking about pity. But like, <laughs> I have, cr- I have, like, I don't know. I, do I have this? I don't know if I've got this. And, you know, like I'm really not so sure I've got this at all, but I did it. I did right. it. And, and I know that I can do stuff. It's more like, like what you said before, knowing when it's we need the support, knowing when yeah. we need to slow the fuck down. Yeah, and just know rest. when we need to say no, know when we're not going to be at our best selves and have compassion. Like that, I, I would say that is my hardest lesson because I've been able to keep showing up through some pretty hard things. And yet this year, it, like the last two years, it's been harder than usual. And I want to go and I don't have it in me sometimes to go. And, and having compassion for that, side of me, the side that's saying please don't please we can't do any more than what we're doing has been really really hard because it's not my natural place, you know, the overfunctioner kind of vibe, right? But it's it's an opportunity to learn a new version of me. It's an opportunity to deepen the love I have for myself and accept the shadows and all of that sort of thing it's beautiful it's all me so why would I fight it anymore we've both come so far
1: I'm proud of us (laughs) I'm I'm proud proud of of you I'm so glad I ate chicken wings with you in Texas I was (gasps) well I was looking at some old pictures I'm like you know what I'm so glad that I really like every moment when you know pre-pandemic, I really lived as much as I could and I spent time with people that I really cared about. Those memories hold so much more value to me these days. i to
0: myself. Yes, yes. But also that I've been able to redefine, you know, what is inspiration to me or what is space to me or what is, yeah. Um, I have such a deep appreciation for my children these days such a oh it's gonna be fascinating
1: understand. to to see what our kids like take away yeah how they frame this like 20 years mm-hmm. from now how they reflect on it versus how we reflect on it because <laughs> my kids are having a very different experience through this than me like very different so it's your older
0: boys and what it must be feeling like to them to be locked up
1: Well, I mean, come on. My oldest kid decided to move out once they lifted lock, lockdown. My oldest kid moved out and moved in with a bunch of his friends during COVID. So do we want to talk about that? Didn't go so well. (laughs) (laughs) uh, They had a house party, as you would probably do at 20 when you feel like invincible. And most of them ended up with with COVID. So he decided to move back home with his dad after because that, you know, he didn't want to miss any more work. And they just thought that wasn't wow. smart. And then, you know, my middle kid is very much like, you know, just, just wants to live his life. Like, this is what my friends are doing. So this is what I'm going to go do. And so it's been like, they, they've had a very different experience of this. Mm. Just, you know, like, so it's been interesting and fascinating to watch. And then God knows with Jake, like, I don't know how that's going to shake out with him. He'll probably need therapy later.
0: They're all going to need therapy.
1: We're all going to need therapy. Can we
0: just, like, normalize that everyone needs therapy? Yeah. Lisa, this is going to be a two-part episode for sure. For so long. We talked for so so long. So much. You're amazing,
1: though. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for the opportunity to to talk about this in a different way. Sometimes it's easier to talk about things when you're having a conversation versus one sided on a podcast, you know,
0: hundred percent. That's why I want to explore how I am. So I'm checking in with other people to see how they are. So I'm like, mm, because I, I actually genuinely think that we need to have more open conversations okay. about like, how, like, no, how are you really, how yeah. are you really? Because it's so easy to be like, yeah. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't know. How are I'm you? Fine. Yeah, lockdowns ended. Right, I'm gonna yeah. plan a holiday. In the meantime, my brain can't actually function well enough to look on Airbnb to organise a place, and I'm so, you know traumatized by the amount of times things have gotten canceled and i've lost money because i thought i could book things in and then i couldn't you know it's real like there's actually real implications from this and i think the more that we can normalize them talk about them then people will feel less alone so i mean Uh, if people are still listening at this end of the podcast Mm -hmm. hey (laughs) we we hope you've enjoyed this um long (laughs) and um and we'll see you soon. You can follow Lisa, Lisa Carpenter on on socials
1: and um, she'll show up if she wants to. If, if I want to. Wants to. I'm very much in a purge, purging social media and really looking at all the things I mm. want to stop in my life so I can reclaim back more of that real time. So not so much. as much on social these days, but I'm still there. You can still creep me. It's all good. You can find me.
0: Thanks, Lisa, for your time. Thank you for having me. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference, and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help, and I'll see you in the next episode.